night was what? Line number one. What was it? Yeah, the friends I have are my real family. This morning was number two. Will make me happy. And uh, the third one? Yeah, we don't know yet. Here it is. Here's number three. Number three. Number three. It'll come up. It'll come up. Okay. Number three is this lie that says, the fear of man I struggle with can't be overcome. The fear of man I struggle with can't be overcome. Now, if you know what fear of man is, that's good. If you don't know it, I'll define it in a little bit. But this is the lie that says that that your struggle with fear of man is something that you'll always tr- struggle with, it'll always control you, and there's no hope. It'll, it'll, al- it'll always be a struggle. You won't have any victory, and uh, it'll just, it's just going to be like that for the rest of your life. Now, there are a lot of fears that we struggle with today, and we don't have time to look at a lot of them. Uh, but the one I want to focus on tonight is the most common one and the most crippling one, I believe, and that is the fear of man. If you, if you Look at all of the fears that we struggle with today. I'm sure, I'm sure some of you fear other things that, that I don't. I fear some things that you guys don't. Uh, but if, you, if there's one fear that we all can, um, can relate to as a struggle, and it's the most common one, and it's also the most crippling one, the, the one that really controls us, it's the fear of man. It's the fear of man. Now, what is... The fe- what is fear of man? I want to define that for you real quick. Um, it will come up in a little bit. But, but here's, here's a simple definition of fear of man. There you go. That's the definition up there, okay? Here's the definition. Fear of man is to value... <laughs> that, that thing keeps popping up to cover it. Yeah, they, they yeah, Sony PJ, whatever that is, they, he, it doesn't want us to have the definition. Okay, you can start writing down. I'll repeat it, okay? It's up. There you go. Th- that's, that's a simple definition I came up with. Fear of man is to value man's opinions more than God's to the point that they control you. Okay, that's fear of man. It's not necessarily that you, you're scared of them, that they will hurt you. That, that can be part of fear of man. But it's really, it's really to value man's opinions more than God's to the point that whatever they think of you, their opinions of you, end up controlling you. What do I mean by controlling you? Well, they end up controlling how you, how you live your life, how you talk, how you dress, how you act, all those things. Because you value what people think of you. And if you want to know if you struggle with fear of man, ask yourself these questions. Okay, I came up with with several questions here. Because again, you might be saying, I don't think I struggle with fear of man. I, uh, I don't think I do. I, I, I sing up, up, up front. I play instruments up front. I uh, do theater. I play uh, bucket ball. I'm not shy. I'm not an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I don't think I struggle with fear of man. Well, maybe, okay? 
But even those types of people who are up front, they don't, they don't, you know, they're not shy when it comes to being up front and, and they don't fear speaking or public speaking. Even those people, a lot of times, fear man. That's why they do those things. Again, because they're being controlled by people's opinions of them. Well, I better, I better do this because if I don't, you know, this will happen or this is what they'll think of me. So I want you guys to, to just evaluate your heart and, and ask yourself these questions. And I think they will help you to, to see if you struggle with fear of man. Here's the first question. Do you struggle with peer pressure? What's peer pressure? Peer pressure is this. You act a certain way, talk differently, wear clothes, watch movies that your parents wouldn't approve of, but you do them anyway because you want your friends to accept you. That's peer pressure. And peer pressure, giving in to peer pressure, equals fear of man. How about this question? Do you struggle with lying? If you're asking, what, what is... What does lying have to do with fear of man? A lot. You lie because you want to hide the bad or pretend the good. That's lying, right? You, pretend, you, you, you hide the bad or you pretend the good so that others would think what? Better of you. That's why you sometimes lie to your parents. That's why sometimes you lie to your friends and your siblings because you, you want to hide the bad or you want to pretend the good because you want those people to think better of you. You know what that is? Fear of man. You value their opinions that they end up controlling how you behave. And you end up lying. How about this question? Do you struggle with flattery? You make up nice things to say to your friends because you want them to include you and you want them to invite you to things. So you flatter them. You say nice things to them. You know what that's called? That's fear of man. How about this question? Do you second-guess your decisions? I'm not saying be reckless when it comes to making decisions, but, but the motive of why you second-guess your decisions. You decide on something, but then you keep changing your mind because you don't want to look bad in front of people. You, you think that, man, I, I need to be making the right and the good decisions all the time. And if I do, I will look bad. I don't want that. So um, you're always changing your decisions. You know what that's called? Fear of man. How about this question? Do you avoid sharing the gospel with other people? You, you don't struggle in your drama class. You don't struggle in your you know, choir class. You don't struggle being up front. But then when it comes to sharing the gospel, you do struggle. You, you have a friend who's not a Christian, and you spend a lot of time with that friend, but you never bring up the gospel to that friend. Be- why? Because you don't, you excuse this because you don't want to offend that friend. You don't want that friend to, to feel bad. So you never bring up the, the gospel. You never ask hard questions. You never talk about spiritual things. Why? Because you fear man. How about this question? Do you focus and flaunt your own appearance? And this can go either way. Okay, this can, this can, this can go either way. Whether you, you do this and your friend doesn't do it, or you, your friend does it but you don't, it, 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 might, it might look different on the outside, but the inside might be the same. It's motivated by fear of man. You work out, you bulk up, right? That seems to be the trend today. 
right? You just want to work out. You just want to bulk up. You go on diets. You put makeup on. You buy expensive clothes, short clothes, long clothes, a lot of clothes, less clothes. Why? Because you just want to be noticed by others. You just want to be noticed by others. This, uh, when I was writing this, um, it reminded me of how fear of man really controlled me when I was your age. I had a friend who was in shape, um, and uh, both of us actually, hypocritically, <laughs> served in the worship team, and he sang, and I played the drums. And, you know, he was always in shape. Uh, he didn't really have to do much, and he would be in shape. I would have to do a lot, but I still looked the same. So we were going down to uh, Isla Mirada, Key Largo, uh, Florida, Florida Keys, for our retreat, for college and, for our college and career retreat. And, you know, he's wearing his, uh, his really tight shirt because he's a singer. So he would get up on the microphone and just, just grab the microphone like this and sing like this the whole time. Uh, so I'm like, man, I got I to gotta compete with that guy. So, so I uh, brought a uh, sleeveless shirt, you know, because drummers like to wear sleeveless shirts. Um, again, this is college and career, so with young adults, uh, retreat, so I, I wore my sleeveless shirt, and then on the way there, it was like a two-hour drive. Have you, do you guys, boys, do you guys, do you guys have those, uh, those grip spring things that you, you do this? and then you watch your forearms grow bigger. You guys use those? Yeah? So I brought mine on the way down to, to the retreat. I was just doing that the whole time. Just doing that the whole time. Why? Because I wanted to be noticed. Why? Because I wanted to be noticed more than my friend. Why? Because I feared man. They, their opinions of me ended up controlling what I did. That's fear of man. So... All, all this trend today of working out, bulking up, dieting, makeup, expensive clothes, I, I wonder if the motive is rooted in fear of man because, because the people around you, the way they think of you, is actually controlling why you do those things. When a friend shows you a bunch of photos from an event, you, um, you quickly scroll through the unimportant people to get to the most important person which is you. And guess what you are tempted to do? To make sure that you look good. And then you say, thank you for showing me the photos. But you just wanted to see how you looked on the photos. You know what that is? Fear of man. You, you focus on your appearance. You flaunt your appearance so that everybody will notice you because you actually fear their opinion of you. You want them to have this great opinion of you, and you don't even know it. Uh, whatever their opinions are of you, they, they're already controlling you, that you're doing things that you probably wouldn't do. Students, all of us struggle with fear of man. All of us have the tendency to value man's opinions more than God's opinions and let those things control how we behave. If you really think about it, we all struggle with that. And the question is why? You guys ever wondered why you fear, man's, uh, fear man and value man's opinion so much? Have you ever asked yourself, why do I fall into that? 
you come home and you're like, why, why did I laugh at that joke? <laughs> because I feared, man, why, why? Why am I buying this piece of clothing? I don't even like it, right? Why, why am I working out so much? Why, why am I putting so much makeup on? Why am I posting so much photos of myself? Things that, that, that you know, a couple years ago I didn't even want to do, but now I'm doing them. You know what's happening? You're valuing man's opinions, and you don't even know it. They're controlling you. So you got to ask why. Why do we struggle with fear of man so much? Why does it have such a strong uh, hold on our hearts? Well, the Bible gives us answers, okay, to that question why. There are two major reasons for fearing man. If you, if you really look at your heart and you take all of your answers why you fear man, all those answers can really be under these two major categories. Number one, we don't want to be exposed, okay, that's, that's, that's one major reason for fearing man. We don't want to be exposed. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. The reason why we worry about what people think of us is because we don't want our weaknesses, we don't want our, our flaws to be exposed. If people see them, we will look bad, and that's embarrassing. We don't want that. Okay, we, f- we fear exposure. And you see this in Genesis chapter 3. This is the story of Adam and Eve. This is familiar to you. This is when they disobeyed God because they gave in to the temptation of Satan. But what I want to point out here in this story is, is this is where we see the first display of fear of man. Okay? This is the first story where we see this. Genesis chapter 3, look at verse 6. When the woman, that's Eve saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband, that's Adam, who was with her, and he ate. Verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Now, if you... If you isolate what's going on here, this is the first time we see for a man in the Bible, like I said, before sin, Adam and Eve were fine. They did not really care in a healthy way, in a righteous way, what the other person thought of them. They didn't really care. They were fine before, before sin, before they ate of the, of the fruit. They didn't worry about what the other person thought of them. But as soon as sin entered into their hearts, that all changed. That all changed. They started worrying about how the other person was viewing them. So what did they do? They sewed fig leaves together. They covered themselves. They wanted to do what? Self-protect. Why? Because they didn't want to be exposed because they feared what the other person was going to think about them. We experience the same things today. You know, there is a a healthy sense of shame of covering your body because you don't want other people to, yes, to, to, you don't want them to stumble, but at the same time, you don't, you, you don't want them to think of you in, in a sinful way. I, I get that, but, but at the same time, we do that because we fear being 
exposed, our flaws being exposed, our weaknesses being exposed, and, and then we don't want our friends to think all kinds of bad things about us. So we cover. I know the culture is different today. They, they don't cover, they uncover, right? The, the trend today is to expose and to, um, what do I call it? Uh, you you want to expose and you want to enhance. That's the, that's the dress code of our culture today. You, you expose and you enhance. Um, but here, the point here is that, is that they were fine before sin, and then as soon as sin entered their hearts, the first thing that they struggled with was fear of man because they didn't want to be exposed. Why? Because they feared what the other person was going to be, be thinking about. Like I said, we do this today when, when all we think about is, what will people think of me? That's probably what Adam and Eve thought as they were trying to cover themselves. What will people think of me? When you start asking that question, this is the reason why you're fearing man, because you don't want to be exposed. Here's some examples. I got an F on my exam. Will my parents think I'm dumb? I don't have fancy church clothes. Will others think my family is poor? Again, we don't want to be exposed because we don't want our flaws and weaknesses to, to be seen by other people. I stuttered when Pastor Roy talked to me. Does he think I have a speech impediment? I fell asleep during his sermon. Does he think I don't like his preaching style? This is that fear of man. What will people think of me? Because I don't want them, I don't want to be exposed in front of them because I don't want them to think bad of bad of me. Again, you see this in the garden in Genesis 3. Adam and Eve struggle with the same thing, and we struggle with the same thing today. That's one reason why we fear man. That's, that's one reason why we value man's opinion so much that it ends up controlling us because we just don't want to be exposed. We don't want our flaws and weaknesses to be exposed. And we struggle with that question, what will people think of me? Here's the second reason. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be rejected. Another reason why we worry about what people think of us is because we don't want to say or do anything that would cause people to reject us. We don't want people pushing us away. We don't want people uninviting us. We don't want people excluding us. Go to 1 Samuel 15. This is a great story, a great illustration of fear of man, specifically for this reason of not wanting to be rejected by people. First Samuel 15, this is the story of uh, the prophet Samuel. He's, uh, he's confronting King Saul because King Saul disobeyed a specific command of God. Okay, you, you, Once I start reading the story, it'll, it'll, come, it'll come back to your memory. 1 Samuel 15, verse 18. Verse 18. And the Lord sent you on the mission. So this is Samuel tell, telling uh, King Saul what God uh, is telling him. And the Lord sent you, King Saul, on a mission and said, remember what God told you, Saul, go, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are exterminated. Why then, Saul, 
did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Look at Saul's answer. Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord. I did go on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and I have brought back Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and I have utterly destroyed the rest of the Amalekites. Verse 21, look at this. But the people, okay, not me, the people took some of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the choices of the things devoted to destruction. Why did they take them? To sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. This is making up an excuse. Look at Samuel's response. Verse 22, Samuel said to, to Saul, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? And the answer is no. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, Saul, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is the sin is as, is as the sin of divination, and insubordination, so this not obeying God, is as iniquity and idolatry. Because, Saul, you have rejected the word of the Lord, God has also rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord and your words. Look at this. Underline this. Okay, this is what fear of man will do to you all the time. It will compromise you. Because, so I sinned. Yes, I did those things, Samuel. You're right. Why did I do those things? Because I feared the people and listened to their voice. You want to know who you fear? Just ask the question, who are you obeying? Who are you letting control how you live your life? If you're looking at your life and it seems like you're obeying the world and it seems like you're, you're, you're obeying what people are telling you, then you fear man, you don't fear God. Oh, you got to look like this. You got to dress like this. Your muscles have to be this big. You got to expose this. You got to enhance this. You got to talk like this, walk like this, right? That's what the world is telling you. And you're doing all those things. Whoever you obey is the one whom you're fearing. That's what, that's what Samuel is saying here. That's the lesson here. Because Saul feared the people and listened to their voice. Think about it. Saul did not want the people in his kingdom to reject him as their king. That really mattered to him. He really wanted to be their king. He didn't want, he didn't want them to reject him as their king. He feared the rejection more than God's, what? Rejection. Think about that. That's what fear of man will do to you. He feared being rejected by people. More than being rejected by God. And the end of the story was he was rejected by God and he was replaced with another king. Saul had it all backwards. And because he feared man, he ended up obeying them rather than fearing God and obeying God. Students, we do this today when all we think about is this question. Will people like me and accept me? Will people like me and accept me? The first reason that I talked about earlier, we don't want to be exposed, it's the question, what will people think of me? This one, we don't want to be rejected, it's the question, will people like me and accept me? That's what Saul struggled with. 
the thought of being rejected by others um, sometimes, sadly, is like the worst thing that can happen to you. You ever thought about that? Being rejected by someone, being rejected by a boy, being rejected by a girl, being rejected by a group of friends is like the worst thing that can happen to you. If that ever happens to you, it's like the end of the world. Why? Because their opinions of of you are now controlling you. Why? Because you fear man. Now you're obeying them. You don't want to be rejected by them. And we think that way sometimes because being accepted by God, if you think about this from the other angle, we fear being rejected by people, and it's like the worst thing that can ever happen to us, is because being accepted by God is just not enough for us. It's just not enough. Being welcomed by God into His family, being accepted by Him because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's covering us is just not enough. We think about that and we're like, yeah, yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for saving me. But man, I really want to be accepted by these people. So being accepted by God is just not enough. So we end up idolizing being accepted by other people. And that's what Saul did. Now, you may be thinking, okay, I can totally, totally relate with Adam and Eve. I don't want to be exposed. That's why I fear man. That's why I allow their opinions to control the way I behave. And I also can totally, totally relate with, with Saul. I don't want to be rejected. That's why I allow people's opinions of me so that I won't be pushed away. I, I won't be excluded. You, you might be saying that. You might be agreeing that, okay, I'm just like Adam and Eve. I'm just like King Saul. I do struggle with this because I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to be rejected. But then also, I can understand when you say, but Pastor Roy, I've been struggling with fear of man since I was young, since I was little. And it's a really hard sin to control. And you know what's even harder, Pastor Roy? I hear that it doesn't go away. It never goes away. Because I hear my mom talk about it all the time. I hear my dad talk about it all the time. Our leaders tell us that they still struggle with fear of man. So it's always going to be there. So there's just no way I can overcome this. There's just no way. I'll always fear people's opinions. They'll always control the way I behave. Because I don't want to be exposed, because I don't want to be rejected. I struggled with that when I was little. I struggle with that now. I mean, my parents struggle with it. My leaders struggle with it. I'll be struggling with this till, I, till, I, till, I, till I'm old. So there's just no way to overcome this. Now, if you have believed that lie, that's not good. That's not good. If you are a Christian, God not only saved you from the penalty of your sin, which, is, which includes the sin of fear of man, but he also has given you the power over sin, like the sin of fear of man. So you can't believe the lie that, well, this is just how it's going to be. I'm going to talk like this, walk like this, act like this, because I, I'm just controlled by man's opinions. And it will always be a struggle till, till I'm in my 30s, 40s, all the way till I die. That's just how it's going to be. No, you don't think that way. That's, what, that's not what the Bible says. If you are a Christian, you don't have the penalty of that sin, but at the same time, you have the power over that sin, just like any other sins that you struggle with. 
Now, the question is, how do we do that? <laughs> how do I overcome this fear of man? How do I control it in a way that people's opinions of me will stop controlling me? That's a good question. That's a really good question. If you're asking that question, you're, you're tracking with me. And here's how we can answer that question. I want to give you uh, three ways to overcome fear of man. If you do these things, you will overcome fear of man. Okay? You will control your fear of man rather than letting fear of man control you. Three ways to overcome fear of man. Here's the first one. Fight fear with fear. Okay? Fight fear with fear. This is arguably the most foundational, probably the most important um, ammunition that you have against fear of man. You fight your fear of man with another fear. What's that other fear? Fear of God. Okay? You can only fear one or the other, like we've seen with Adam and Eve and also with Saul, right? Whoever they obeyed is the person they were fearing, okay? That, I want you guys to remember that. You, you want to know who you're fearing? Just look at who you're obeying. Just look, at, just look at whose opinions are controlling you. So this is foundational, very important. Fight fear with fear. Go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, this is Jesus talking to his 12 disciples. He's done training them for ministry by this time, and he's now sending them to do ministry. So no more, no more training. Now it's time to do ministry, Jesus is saying to the disciples. I want you guys to go out there, go to all the places, and I want you to proclaim the gospel, is what Jesus is saying here in Matthew 10. Look at verse 16. Matthew 10, verse 16. Behold, so this is Jesus talking to the disciples. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So it's not going to be pretty out there. And it's been really nice, you know, being with me. I've been doing most of the work. You know, there's some protection being with me, but it's your time to go out there. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. It's dangerous out there. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Verse 17, but beware of men. Okay, beware of people. Why? For they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. Okay, I've trained you for ministry. Now I'm going to send you out to do ministry. Guess what? People are not going to like you. You're not going to be welcomed. They're actually going to persecute you. That's what's going to happen to you. FYI. Just want to let you know that before you go out. Jump down to verse 22. You will be hated by all, not just by some, but by all because of my name, because you believe in me and because you want to proclaim my name, my gospel. Jump down to verse 26. Therefore, be very afraid of man because look at the things that they can do to you. And it's not... They might do those things to you. I'm telling you that they're going to do those things to you, so you better fear them. No, look at what, what Jesus commands the 12 disciples. Verse 26, therefore, do not fear them. That's interesting, right? Jesus is saying, hey, FYI, look at what's going to happen to you. By the way, don't fear them. <laughs> look at verse 28. Here's why he can say that. 
Verse 28, do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable, has zero, they have zero power, ability to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, is Jesus saying that we should fear the Lord because he might send us to hell? No, that's not what Jesus is saying. He'll never do that if you're a Christian. The Bible doesn't teach that. Jesus' point here is that you should fear him because he has the complete power and the complete authority over you physically and spiritually. That's what he's saying. Don't fear those guys. They, they, all they can do is kill you physically. You need to fear me because I'm actually the one who has complete authority and complete power over you, the whole you, both you, both you, both you physically and spiritually. I'm in total control of what's going to happen to you. That's what Jesus is telling them. I have total control of what's going to happen to you. I'm in total control of what people are going to think of you. I'm in total control of what people are going to say to you. So don't fear them. Don't fear them. Jesus essentially saying, if you fear me, you won't fear them. If you fear them, you won't fear me. So that's how you fight your fear of man with the fear of the Lord. You remind yourself, okay, they might do these things. They might think these things. They might say these things. They may judge the way I look. They may, they may judge the way I speak. They may make fun of me when I stutter. They may do all these things to me and think all these things about me, but it does not matter. It does not matter because it is the Lord who has full control and full power over my life, even in this moment that I'm, that I'm about to, to do something, like in this context, preaching the gospel to people. That's what you need to do, students. You want to overcome your fear of man? Well, number one, don't believe that you can't. Okay? Don't believe that you can't. You can. And this is foundational here in Matthew 10. You fight fear with fear. You fight fear with fear. Here's the second one. Cast your anxieties to God. Cast your anxieties. You can say also worries. You can also say fears. Like your Fear of man. Cast that to God. First Peter 5 talks about this. First Peter chapter 5. Look at what Peter says here in verse 6. Therefore, here's the command, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. It's a similar, similar uh, uh, thing that, that we saw in Matthew 10 of God's char character of being powerful. Humble, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Here's the purpose. Here's the result if you do that so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Okay, how do I humble myself under the mighty hand of God? What does that look like practically? How do I put myself under his 
full power and full control so that he may exalt me at the proper time. How can I do that practically? Verse 7 gives you the answer to that question. By casting all your anxiety, all your worries, all your fears, especially your fear of man. Oh, I don't want to be exposed. Oh, I don't want to be rejected. That's why I allow their opinions about me to control me. That's why I do the things that I do and say the things that I say, wear the things that I wear. Peter says, yeah, take all that and you chuck it or you cast it or you throw it on God. Why would I do that? Look at what Peter says, the end of verse 7. Because he cares for you. Because he cares for you. God wants to help you overcome your fear of man. And he's saying, don't you worry about what people think of you. Don't you worry about being exposed and being rejected. I'm in total control of all those things. So just give those things to me. Just give those things to me. That's what Peter's saying. To fear God is to humble yourself under him because he is mighty and because he cares for you. And what does that look like? You stop worrying about what others think of you. You take all those things, you cast them to God, and guess what you do? You move on. You just move on. You want to know if you've really cast your cares and fears to God? If you can just move on. If you can't just move on and you keep worrying about what people think of you, then you're not actually humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. You're actually not believing that He can care for you. You believe that you take care of yourself. But I really want them to think of me this way. I really want them to view me this way. So I can't just give this to you, God. I need to do this. Peter says, no, that's not how you overcome fear of man. Here's the last one, number three. Third way to overcome fear of man. Pursue a more worthy reputation. Pursue a more worthy reputation. If you think about your fear of man, okay, whatever that looks like for you, whatever opinions of your friends matter to you that you're allowing those things to control you, it might look different for all of us, but, it, but all those things really come down to your reputation, right? I want to be thought of as this. I want to be seen as this. You know, what, what are you trying to do? You're trying to build your reputation. Right? I want them to think of me as a really skilled musician. I, I want them to really think of me as someone who is a great hunter. I want them to think of me as someone who is just going to be successful. I'm going to the army after high school, and I'm just going to climb the ranks, and I'm going to be a general when I'm 29, right? Like, I want that I want that reputation. I want them to think of me, oh, yeah, I remember Roy Augustine. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. He's the guy who uh, bench pressed, you know, this much. Oh, yeah, I remember Roy Augustine. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. He was short, but, man, he was really good in basketball. You know, I get, reputation is really what we're after about when we're allowing the opinions of other people to control us. You're building up your brand. It's, it's self-branding. Okay. The Bible tells us to pursue a more worthy reputation. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, okay? I, I love this passage, students. I've, I've called this passage uh, a fear of man killer, <laughs> okay? This is, a, this is a fear of man killer kind of passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 
This is uh, Paul talking here. And look at what he says, beginning in verse 1. Verse 1. Let a man regard us in this manner. Again, think of reputation. Okay, what we're so worried about. That's why we fear man. Let a man regard us in this manner. In what manner? What kind of reputation, Paul? As servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy, faithful. But to me, Paul said, it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you people or by any human court. That's a small thing to me, a very small thing. In fact, I do not even examine myself. Why, Paul? Verse 4, for I am conscious of nothing against myself, yet I am not by this acquitted. He's saying, I can't think of anything that's, you know, any unrepentant sin that I'm committing right now. And then he says, yet by that I'm not acquitted. It doesn't mean I'm completely innocent. What you think of me and what I think of me, even if you think of me as someone who's good, even if I think of me as someone's good, I, by, those things don't even clear me. Why? Why? How can you say that if someone thinks that you have a good reputation and you yourself think that you yourself have a good reputation, how can you say that those things, two people groups, are not enough to say that you're actually a good person. Look at what Paul says at the end of verse 4. But the one who examines me is the Lord. Students, Paul's not saying that he never cared about what people thought of him. He did in a healthy degree. That's why he said, if people are going to have an opinion of me, if people are going to think about me, I'd want them to think of me as a servant of Jesus Christ, no more, no less. If they see me, and if they hear my name, and if they just say, oh yeah, Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ, that's enough for me, he says. So he's not saying forget your reputation, forget what, forget what people think of you. He's not saying that. But then at the same time, he says, they can think of me that way, but I don't trust it. I can think of me that way, but I also don't trust it. Why? Because no one really sees the heart. Those people don't see my heart. I don't really see my heart. You know who sees the heart? God sees the heart. So you know what I should be focusing on? What God can see in my heart. That's the more worthy reputation that you should be pursuing. What does God think of your heart? Not what other people think of your looks or your clothes, or your muscles, or, your, or whatever you own, or whatever you do, or whatever you say. This is the more worthy reputation, students, from 1 Corinthians 4. Students, you want to overcome fear of man? You need to stop caring so much about all kinds of worthless, worthless, vain, temporary, non-lasting reputation. I think about, you know, the, the, how fear of man really controlled me when I was your age. And I don't remember the kind of reputation that I was trying to pursue. I'm sure it was always changing because, you know, 
That's what fear of man does. You want to be this because this is the trendy thing. And then, oh, no one likes that anymore. So you want to be this because this is the next trend. So you go there, right? Um, I don't remember what I wanted to be known as, but I'm 37, 38 year, years old, and I don't even know <laughs> those things anymore. Why? Because they're worthless. They're worthless. Pursuing a reputation that in your eyes is something that's popular and good because people like it. It's the trend. Worthless. The Bible is telling you, pursue a more worthy reputation. If people will think of you as someone, okay, let them think of you as a steward of Christ, a, a servant of Jesus Christ, saved by the grace of God. Okay, that's, that should be enough for you. But even, but even how you think about that, is not completely 100% innocent because you don't know your heart. God sees the heart. So, you want to overcome fear of man? You do that. You do that. You fight fear with fear. You cast all your fears, specifically your fear of man, to God, and you leave them there and you move on. And thirdly, you pursue a more worthy reputation. What does God think of you, not what other people think of you. I hope that's uh, encouraging to you. I wanted to um, end early so that we can have more time discussing this, and, uh, and you're tired, and I'm tired.